Good morning from Braille in Columbus. This is the Refuge Ministries Transformation Radio. You were called to change your family. You were called to change the world. You were called to change the laws that have been passed by Congress. You could break the chains of poverty in your neighborhood. You could break the chains of drug addiction, alcoholism, low self-esteem in your high school, in your junior high school, in your college anger, abuse, all of it, all of it is not a waste of time. You will find moments where you feel inadequate and like you're not called to do this, but the truth is if the Bible is true, then you are more than a conqueror. And I know you're feeling some opposition right now, but no one ever said you won't feel opposition. The Bible just said that even though you feel the opposition, you'll be able to conquer it. You'll be able to overcome it. You'll be able to deal with it. So it is never a waste of time, but please don't. That when you live for God, hardships are going to come. Tough times, without a doubt, are going to come, but it's not make it a waste of time. I think about my family. I think about all the attacks that have happened. My home. The truth is the reason why they're threatening you, the reason why they're lying to you, the reason why they're spending their time on you is because they're scared of you. It's because they know who you are. They know why you were created. They know that you have a plan for your life. They know that you have a purpose for your life. They know that God's hand is on you. And when they look at you, they get fearful. They get nervous. They get scared. They get worried that if you catch a glimpse of everything it is that God has for you, then you're going to start to walk a little bit different. You're going to start to talk a little bit different. You're going to start to act in an authority. And if you get this thing inside of you, you are going to change the game forever. They can get you to believe that you are a nobody. If you keep on listening to these stooges, why would you ever listen to anybody else but God? Why would you ever listen to anybody else other than your creator and who your God is? Where they don't have to grow up like us, yeah, that's a blessing 
And I don't wanna see them go through hell when they could be in heaven Heaven, yeah I'll be going on my own, yeah, yeah Leaving everything I know, yeah, yeah, yeah Losing my life, losing my life, losing my life I'm in the skylight I guess it's what they mean by the high life What the Vegas didn't care about the nightlife Killing these shows and flying right back to my wife Back on the ground, back on the grind Songs got the right, I can't keep them inside Songs that we're making not only for rating Cause honestly my fam can't eat your legs What should I do, what should I say I asked the father, he told me keep riding Set Fern in this life with this talent I gave you, you gon' leave many to me That's a promise if we're being honest I haven't been perfect, but Lord You have always been there when I needed you I've been through hell and high water consistently let you down, but you love me through You tell me I'm your son How did I deserve such grace? Me, I sold cocaine that would numb your brain To the point you say how much blow you take Firm, bro, that's enough with the drug talk That's for those still stuck in a drug walk Feeling distant, debt to the world cut off Here's a song just for you to help you go on November 22nd. Today, as we look into the New Testament, we begin reading in a new book, 1 Peter. The Apostle Peter was chosen to be the first to take the gospel to the Gentiles, but his ministry was primarily to the Jews. He wrote these two letters, 1 and 2 Peter, to believers scattered in five areas of the Roman Empire, two of which Paul had not been allowed to enter. And in writing these letters, Peter fulfilled the commission given him in Luke uh, chapter 22 and in John chapter 21. The theme of the first letter is the grace of God. And Peter tells us how to live as aliens in a hostile world. The theme of the second letter is spiritual knowledge. He uses the word knowledge seven times in the letter. And he warns us about false teachers. Peter opens his first epistle by reminding his readers of what God's grace has done for them in saving them. And he then points out that God's grace helps them in various relationships of life and in the coming time of persecution. 
Peter sums up the themes of both letters in his benediction over in 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in grace, he writes, and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is the only way to succeed in these last days. We begin, of course, today in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll read about the fact that salvation is a calling. We are chosen by the Father, who gives us the new birth. We are set apart by the Spirit, who gave the Word and enables God's servants to declare it, and gives sinners the faith to believe the promise. We have been purchased by the blood of God's Son, who died for us, rose again, and is coming for us to give us our inheritance. No wonder Peter opened his letter with a song of praise. So let's get to it as we begin today our reading in the New Testament. November 22nd, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the lands of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, and the province of Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father chose you long ago, and the Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Jesus Christ and are cleansed by His blood. May you have more and more of God's special favor and wonderful peace. All honor to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For it is by His boundless mercy that God has given us the privilege of being born again. Now we live with a wonderful expectation because Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. For God has reserved a priceless inheritance for His children. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And God, in His mighty power, will protect you until you receive this salvation, because you are trusting Him. It will be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. These trials are only to test your faith, to show that it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried by fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him, you trust Him, and even now you are happy with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Your reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something the prophets wanted to know more about. They prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you, even though they had many questions as to what it all could mean. They wondered what the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when He told them in advance about Christ's suffering and His great glory afterward. They wondered when and to whom all this would happen. They were told that these things would not happen during their lifetime, but many years later during yours. And now this good news has been announced by those who preached to you in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful 
that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Good morning. How are you doing, guys? This is Pastor Greg Delaney, and I know some of you don't know who I am, but uh, suffice it to say, I'm a huge supporter of what's going on uh, here at Refuge for all of you, and uh, continue to lift you guys in prayer. Um, my job right now is I'm currently one of the outreach coordinators for a place in Dayton, Ohio called Woodhaven, where we uh, are helping folks as well uh, to overcome the challenges of addiction, and often we're uh, working together uh, to help men uh, deal with that. But uh, today, just as a part of uh, your transformational radio time, I thought I would uh, just quickly share a message. I'm, I'm hopeful that this will uh, make it uh, on the air a little bit before Thanksgiving, but if it doesn't, that's okay too. It's relevant uh, at any time of the day and any time of the the year, but uh, especially around Thanksgiving, it's it's a, it's an appropriate message. Um, for some of the guys on staff, Doug and Mike and Phil, they, they get this little blog that I write uh, each and every day in their inbox. But I thought uh, with uh, the holiday coming up that this was a good one to potentially share with you guys just to kind of think uh, as we approach uh, this time of Thanksgiving or especially in this month of November when we've been all working toward being a little more thankful, a little more appreciative, a little more grateful. Uh, it starts with a little poem. It says, A little seed lay on the ground and soon began to sprout. Now which of all the flowers around it mused, shall I come out? The lily's face is fair and proud, but just a trifle cold. The rose, I think, it's rather loud, and then its fashion's old. The violet is all very well, but not a flower I'd choose, nor yet the Canterbury Bell I never cared for, the blues. And so it criticized each flower, this super, supercilious seed, until it woke one summer morn and found itself a weed. Found itself a weed. Now, I know that that's super old-fashioned, and you guys probably rolling your eyes and like, man, that is... You know, some of the lamest stuff I've heard in a long time. But I really want you to take the flower part out of it, take the poetry out of it, and really come down to what the seed eventually became because he was so critical of that which was around him. He couldn't become satisfied. And at the end of the day, the seed never was really grateful for whatever God had in store for him. He was too busy comparing. He was too busy criticizing. He was too busy um, offering his opinion about the failings or the inadequacies of those things that he could be. Uh, And he did that so much that eventually all he became was just a weed, was the product of his criticism. And um, so I want you to ask yourself this, this morning is... Is that me, the weed? Have I become so critical, or have I become a grumbler, or have I become a complainer, Um, or am I willing to start looking at life in a more grateful way so that I can become what uh, God wants me to become, that the seeds that are being planted by your amazing team that's around you are getting a chance to be uh, fertilized and grow and grow into the things and the talents and the skills that you uh, will possess to help bring others like yourself to Jesus Christ. And so um, ask yourself again, is it me, the weed? How's my spirit? Am I critical and calloused or am I buoyed with blessing? 
and ask yourself, will my day today be filled with gratitude or will it be reduced to grumbling? Now, why do I say that? It's because the book of James says this. It says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. So today, as you sit and get ready for your day, you have a choice of what comes out of your mouth. And often it starts with what is in your heart and in your mind before it ever uh, gets broadcast from your mouth. And so Paul told the folks at Ephesians, he's in, in, in Ephesus, he said this, he said, Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And that's very different than the seed, right? The seed had nothing but criticism and nothing but bad things to say. And yet the Lord makes it very clear that the things that should be coming out of our mouths are good and helpful and words that are an encouragement to those who hear them. So remember this, guys. A critical spirit often evokes words of negativity and strife, while a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving is life-giving and energizing in its expression. And yes, there's much to be critical of. We went through a very critical season uh, in the election, but I believe there's so much more to be thankful for. And when you can begin your day with gratitude as a catalyst rather than criticism, well, God has a way of blessing that perspective. It does some things for us. It gets our eyes off of ourselves and helps us to focus on God. It reminds us that God is a giver of many good gifts. A grateful heart reminds us that God is our provider and all good gifts are graciously given to him by given to us by his hand. But I love this one. A heart of gratitude leaves no room for complaining. For it's impossible to be truly thankful and filled with negativity and ungratefulness at the same time. And probably most importantly for you guys today is that a spirit of gratitude and not being weedy in our um, in our expressions, it invites the presence of God into our life. The presence of God sits in us at all times, but when we are grateful, it gets ignited. And when it gets ignited, it refreshes us and renews us in him. And God, because he loves that spirit, will continue to just fuel that with more gifts and more energy as we allow our gratitude to be the catalyst for our day. So just ask yourself, guys, before you get ready to hit the door today, wherever you're headed, whatever you got going on, whether you're a phase one or you're at phase four, whatever's going on in your day, what uh, role will you take? Which spirit's going to run the show for you? The one of the critic? The one of the critic or the opposite? The one that's full of gratitude? Because I'm telling you right now, you will never be overfilled with gratitude. I don't care how much you can be thankful for what God's done. You can never be overfilled with gratitude. And so in the same way as a little schmaltzy with the, the poem, I'm going to be a little schmaltzy uh, with a, a little quote from the guy who writes, uh, who wrote uh, the books Winnie the Pooh. And I know for some of you guys, you tough guys, you're really rolling your eyes now and thinking, man, he's going to quote Winnie the Pooh. No, I'm actually going to get worse, and I'm going to quote Piglet because Piglet was probably the wisest one of the folks from the Hundred Acre Woods. So the the thing is, is now you've really, I've really lost you, but hopefully I haven't. I want you to just pay attention. This is really important. It says, Piglet noticed that even though he had a very small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. That's you guys. Even though you think that I, man, could I really be grateful for more than I have? And if you're one of those guys that's just so thankful 
for everything that God's given you to keep doing it. Let it be infectious. Show your brothers how to do it. But if you're complaining a bit today, if you're an awful critical today, or if you're not feeling it, recognize that it can start small, but you'll never uh, be able to out-gratefulness God. You'll never be able to express to him how grateful uh, he is worthy of being expressed to. Hopefully that makes sense. Guys, thanks for letting me be a little nostalgic. Thanks for letting me be a little corny. I appreciate it. I pray that you have a great day, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. God bless you guys. Take care, and uh, have a great day. Be the light in the crack Be the one that's mending the camel's back Slow anger, quick to laugh Be more hard and less attack Be the wheels, not the track Be the wonder that's coming back Leave the past right where it's at be more hard and less attack The more you take the less you have you in the mirror staring back Quick to let go, slow to react Be more hard and less attack Ever growing, steadfast And need be the one that's in the gap Be never turn back Twice the heart any man could have
Dustin Grandin here, Braille House alumni. I just want to give a special affirmation today to my uh, my brother, uh, Floyd Randall. Man, I am so encouraged by you. I still remember the day that you came in this ministry. I still remember the brokenness that I heard, that I saw with my own eyes. And I specifically remember the prayer that I prayed over you that day. Every time that I see you, I am reminded of this prayer, man. And you walking it out every day is an answer prayer in my life. I'm so encouraged by it. I'm so encouraged by what God's doing in your life. And just being able to build a relationship with you and just some of the things that I hear you speak about what God's doing in your life and your wife's life and the life that you speak into me. Thank you. Just thanks for being humble. And just thanks for just uh, continuously seeking the Lord in all things, man. Um, I appreciate you. I respect you. And I'm honored to call you my brother in Christ. So um, I would encourage you just to continue to give that heart to the Lord and just be ready because someday God's favor and your faithfulness will come through, bro. This will all pay off. And just be ready to receive that grace. That's that day that uh, his favor shines. You know, Jeremiah seventeen seven says, uh, Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, for whose hope is the Lord. Brother, I pray this prayer, I pray this prayer over you. I pray blessings into your life, man. I love you. And uh, just be encouraged, because God's doing something in you, bro. And uh, I'm honored to be able to see it and do it with you, man. I love you, bro. Psalm 119. Verses 17 through 32. God's word will guide you on the pilgrim path of life. You're a stranger on the earth, and you need a road map to help you know the way. That road map is the Bible. Ask God to open your eyes to the word and keep your eyes on the way. Let your Bible be your trusted counselor. The word of God brings you the blessing of life because it has life, and it imparts life, and it nourishes life, the Word of God. See, God's Word can revive and strengthen you. These are not just words on a page. This is where you meet God. These words are living and true. And uh, God's Word will revive you and strengthen you, as I said, even when you're in the dust. Nine times in this psalm, the writer prayed for the new life from the Lord. Hey, no need to stay in the dust when there is life for you in the Word of God. Psalm 119, verses 17 through 32. Be good to your servant, that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your law. I am but a foreigner here on earth. I need the guidance of your commands. Don't hide them from me. I am overwhelmed continually with a desire for your laws. You rebuke those cursed proud ones who wander from your commands. Don't let them scorn and insult me, for I have obeyed your decrees. Even princes sit and speak against me, but I will meditate on your principles. Your decrees please me. They give me wise advice. I lie in the dust, completely discouraged. Revive me by your word. I told you my plans, and you answered. Now teach me your principles. 
help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful miracles. I weep with grief. Encourage me by your word. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your law. I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your laws. I cling to your decrees. Lord, don't let me be put to shame. If you will help me, I will run to follow your commands. Proverbs 28, verses 8 through 10. A person who makes money by charging interest will lose it. It will end up in the hands of someone who is kind to the poor. The prayers of a person who ignores the law are despised. Those who lead the upright into sin will fall into their own trap, but the honest will inherit good things. And thanks for listening to Transformation Radio!